Well, we're in our series called Food for Thought, where we're looking at food stories in the Bible. And there are a lot of food stories in the Bible. And it goes with this idea that God takes our natural and he turns it into the supernatural. But before we get there, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And if you are listening to this, you've had a mom in your life at some point. And so we want to celebrate them today and have a little fun doing that. We're going to watch this. So take a look. Well, it's finally happened. You've moved out. You're on your own. Congratulations. But everyone still needs a little help sometimes. Mom, have you seen my wallet? It's in your back pocket. Nah, I checked there. Your other back pocket, dear. Ah, thanks, Mom. Introducing the Mom Personal Assistant, the only smart speaker device with all the wisdom, caring, and sage advice of a mother. Mom, please call Brad. Honey, I'm just not sure he's right for you. Just call him. Okay, calling Ryan. No, Mom, I said call Brad. Trust me. The Mom PA always has your best interests in mind. Wish me luck, Mom. Big interview today. Did you eat breakfast? Uh... Is that what you're wearing? Wait, what? <laughs> Did you even shower? She's there to provide a helping hand whenever you need it. Mom, set a timer for 40 minutes. Mom? The mom personal assistant won't function until you say the magic word. Oh, right. Mom, please set a timer for 40 minutes. Sure thing, hon, but it's only 30 minutes for that dish. The mom PA is always correct and basically knows everything. Mom, what setting should I use for this laundry? Mom, do you think I should color my hair? Hey mom, can you please order mac and cheese? You still have two boxes. What? No, we're out. Did you look? Yeah, I just looked. It's gone. Do you want me to look? Uh, no, no, it's okay. I'll go look again. Try looking with your eyes this time. Based on God's perfect design, the mom personal assistant is thoughtful, kind, encouraging, and supportive. You are beautiful. It's okay. You're gonna get through this. I am so proud of you. You can change the world. But right now, hon, you really need to change your socks because they smell like a dumpster. Ugh, mom. The mom personal assistant. Always helpful, always reliable, and always there for you. Okay, guys, I know that's pretty cheesy, but it's still awesomely true because we have some awesome moms out there. So we want to celebrate moms today. And I remember a special moment that I had with my mom. I was really little. I don't know how little I was, but really young. And one day she had me uh, comb, her, comb her hair. I had a comb and I was just brushing out her hair and she's facing this direction. I just keep combing through her hair. And as I'm doing that, just kind of looking at this, I had this thought just as a little kid. I just, you know, what would happen if instead of combing her hair like this, I began to just kind of twist the comb up into her hair and she has no clue that I'm doing this and I'm just like wonder what's going to happen and I just kept twisting it I think until I probably hit her scalp or something and then she was she realized what had happened and she tried to untangle that there was no untangling that comb at all had to cut a whole chunk out of her hair and you, you know it's funny now but I remember this moment as a kid just a young kid and I remember having this moment of realizing I'd caused my mom pain and frustration and I really just felt shame. I felt ashamed that I had done that and not really thought things through a little bit better than that. And we've all had those moments where we felt that shame or being ashamed of something that we've done, maybe when we were a kid or maybe even now we have those moments where we feel that shame. And that's really what I want to deal with today. Shame defined is this. It's a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. 
So the story we're going to be looking at today is about a very famous guy in the Bible named Peter. Now, Peter was always this guy who's, who's just saying things without thinking about them. But to, to deal with this story, we have to rewind the tape and go all the way back to this very famous scene called the Last Supper. Now, at the Last Supper, Jesus just lays it out and he just calls it out. And he says, one of you guys are going to stab me in the back. One of you guys are a betrayer. And so they go through that whole, I mean, think about that. That had to be an awkward dinner, right? And they go through that. Shortly after that, they're talking again, and Peter says to Jesus, he says, there's no way I would ever do something like that. There's no way I'm going to deny you. There's no way I'm going to be one of those people who turn my back on you. And Jesus tells him, he says, before this is all over, you're going to deny me three times. Then the story starts to unfold. Uh, Jesus is taken away to, to be ultimately crucified. And the Bible specifically says in some translations that Peter followed at a distance. And I think it's interesting that it says he followed at a distance because what happens next kind of proves that even though there was that physical distance, he was also following spiritually at a distance because sure enough, there's three opportunities and every time Peter denies Jesus. And then there's this awkward moment where on the third time, it's like it's, it has a scene where, where Peter and Jesus connect and make eye contact right after he denies him again. Can you imagine that moment where you have just denied Jesus and then you have this eye contact moment with Jesus? I don't know about you guys, but I would feel ashamed. I would feel shame knowing that I had just done what I said I wouldn't do and that I denied God. And so that's, that's what happens in that moment. So we fast forward and Jesus has now rose from the dead. He's appeared to his disciples a few times, but I, I just have to imagine that Peter is still carrying this shame. And, and the reason I say that is because in John chapter 21, verse two and three, it says this, it says, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the Son of, sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, he says, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, well, we're going to go with you. And so they, t- they went out and they got into a boat. But at night they had caught nothing. And the reason I think that, that Peter had felt some shame here, and this is a response to that, is because he had been called to follow Jesus. And he'd been called from being a fisherman to follow Jesus. And here, after the shame of that moment, he, he's like, I'm going to just go back to what I know to do. I'm just going to go back to who I was. Maybe I'm not worthy to follow Jesus. And so one thing we have to understand about shame is shame is a powerful limiter. It has a lid on us. It places a limitation on the calling of God on our life, specifically on the calling of God on our life. Because here, Peter, I believe he he had this knowing that he was called to do so much more. And yet he goes back to what he was and he goes back to who he knew he was not supposed to be anymore. He was not supposed to be a fisherman. He was supposed to be a fisher of men. And so shame puts this limitation on our calling. And we could see Peter wrestling with that. The the shame had put this limitation on his calling. Shame also puts a limitation on our intimacy with other people, on how close we are willing to be with other people. I mean, just imagine, and we don't have to really imagine too much, but most of us know what this is like. Whenever we have shame, we don't want to be close to other people because we're, we're filled with shame. I even had a moment like that this week. 
We were with one of my kids. It was late at night and, and I had just lost my cool over something. And I, and I should have controlled my, my emotions, but I just, I just lost my cool. So I went to bed and I got up the next morning and I knew that I had lost my cool when I shouldn't have. And I just was kind of ashamed of that. I had that shame with me. And so honestly, I was avoiding, I was avoiding her. And I just was like trying to not encounter that moment where I had to face to face deal with what I had done. And so shame there tries to limit our connections, tries to limit intimacy with one another. Shame can enter. It can also uh, be a limiter in our confidence with God. I mean, how many of you guys have felt this before where, where you've done something and you knew you shouldn't, maybe you fell into a trap of sin or something. And, and the last place you wanted to go was to God, because I mean, you, you knew, you know, that God knows, but there's something about it that inhibits our confidence even before God. So shame is a powerful limiter. But thank goodness that shame isn't the end of the story for Peter. It says that he went fishing. And so since this is food for thought, let's cook some food. All right, I'm here with my daughter, Katie. And uh, we tried to go fishing just like Peter went, but uh, we didn't catch anything. So we went fishing at High V. So go ahead and get our fish that we caught at High V and unwrap that thing. We're going to do some cooking today. And as she's getting that prepared, I'm going to tell you that easy there. I want to tell you the story of what happened. So uh, they're out fishing and all of a sudden Jesus was on the shore, but they didn't know it was Jesus. And so Jesus is on the shore and he, he, they had been fishing all night. They threw their nets out all night and they caught nothing. And so then Jesus yells from the shore and he says, throw your net on the other side of the boat and they're like well we we've we went all night and we caught nothing what, what whatever well, let's just try it so they just they threw the net on the other side of the boat and there were so many fish there was 153 fish they caught 153 go ahead and get this started get get a fire going on here and don't burn it down yeah get it going okay and there were so many fish that they didn't know what to do they drug they 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 it's almost sinking the boat and everything. And so when they realized it was Jesus, because Jesus had done this before, remember at the very beginning of this whole story of Jesus and the disciples, one of the first things he said to them was throw your net on the other side of the boat. So all of a sudden they recognized it was Jesus. They jump in, Peter jumps in the water, they get to shore and Jesus is there making breakfast. Here's the, the story, John chapter 21, verse nine, it says, when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of that fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And so Jesus is making them a fish breakfast. So let's go ahead and we're going to need some butter. Just throw a chunk of butter on it. Not the whole thing. Just go ahead. Yeah, quickly. Go ahead. We got to get this thing heated up here. Yeah, just throw that in there. Just, we don't really know. I don't know really what I, we're doing here. I think this is what you do. I don't know. It's just butter. So <laughs> everything's better with butter. That's, that's the, the thing. And so we're just, we're just going to heat this up really good. We've got our ingredients all laid out here. And uh, we've got a fish that we caught. So just, uh, I don't know, that seems good enough. Just go ahead and throw that thing in there. Okay. And uh, yeah, we're just going to. Just dump, not the plastic, no. No, I know. <laughs> okay, just just dump that in there. It's not really doing anything. 
I don't really know. Hold well, on. I hear a sizzle. <laughs> okay. We're going to let that just cook for a little bit. Um, see what happens there. Uh, one of the things about shame that shame limits uh, in us is actually our honesty. So imagine Peter going up to Jesus in this moment and meeting face to face again and how the honesty would have to be pretty limited. I mean, you think about this in our life. Um, I, I remember, I'm reminded of the story of Jacob and Esau and how Jacob went to his father and trying to steal Esau's blessing and he went disguised as his brother. And we've said it before, but God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. God works with who you are. And shame wants to limit the, who we really are. And you think about it, many times we wear a mask in life because we are afraid of what people really will think if they find out who we really are. And, and one of the things we've got to understand is when people like us with our mask on, then we find that we're disappointed because they didn't really like the real us. They liked the mask that we presented. So, uh, I don't know, we're cooking this fish. Let's, let's flip it over, I think. Like a pancake? Like you could... Oh, okay. Oh, well, hold on. <laughs> All right, I'll try that. Hang on. Oh, I'm hang on. Stay way over here. Hold on. One more what time. Oh. Oh. Oop. Oh. Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. So we're gonna throw some more butter in that. That's gonna be better. Okay. Everything's better with butter. Let's just go ahead and just put some salt on this thing. That's probably good. And uh, I don't know if that's close or not. Okay. So we've got some other spices here. Um, I was told what this is, but I forgot what this is. Here, let's try to guess what it is. Okay. Oh, I know what that is. I don't. <laughs> it's some sort of barbecue rub or something. Yeah, it seems like know. you put it on like ribs. Or something. All right, let's let's just go ahead and put some of that on there. That's a lot. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, this is going to be some. I think this is some cayenne pepper. Oh, we'll just good. throw some of that in there. Okay. This is really starting to cook now. <laughs> All right, hang on. We need something to. Well. Okay. Oops, hang on. That didn't work. There we go. Is this going to be dangerous if we don't, if we eat it without it being fully cooked? I mean... I'm going to call a friend. Is this going to be dangerous? It is going to be dangerous. Okay. Really? Let's Crud. put some pepper. Okay, go ahead and put some pepper on that. I like pepper a lot. Put a lot on. Okay. So Jesus is there cooking breakfast for the disciples, and that was a lot of pepper. <laughs> I like a lot. All right, we're going to have to edit some of this out. This is too, taking too long. I have no idea if this is cooked or not. We should add more butter. All right, I think we're getting pretty well done with this thing, so we're going to pull this thing off. This is what we think. Okay, so Jesus cooked a fish breakfast, put a little bit of uh, parsley on there, make that look good. We're going to cut up a little lemon here, put a little lemon juice right on there. Okay, careful. Okay, squeeze a little bit on there like that. Doesn't that look amazing? That looks awesome. That actually looks pretty good. Here's the problem though. It's supposed to be for breakfast. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Who has fish for breakfast? Hold on, I got an idea.
All right, get that. Go ahead and uh, get some milk out there. No. Get some milk. We're gonna have some fish cereal. That's what we're gonna have. All right, go ahead and pour some milk. We're gonna just pour some milk out here. Just like this. There you go, pour it in, just pour it in. Quickly, quickly. Okay. There you go, quickly. All right, there you go, that's enough. All right. All right, so we're just gonna put some, uh, just gonna have some fish cereal here today. And uh, we're gonna eat breakfast just like Jesus. All right, let's see. There it is, folks. Let's see how this thing tastes. You know, it's actually not that bad. The only thing that's the problem is the cold milk with the hot fish. Yeah. That's it, folks. Jesus probably is a better cook than we are, though. <laughs> it actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. I think I'm about ready to open up a restaurant around here, guys. It's going to be awesome. So just be looking for that. It's going to be great. I want to look, look at one other thing, though, here and just kind of rewind and look at this story again in detail. In John chapter 21, verse 7, it says, That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. So they're out in the boat and they, they recognize it's Jesus. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. Just imagine, he, he finds out it's Jesus, and so he just jumps in and starts running to Jesus. And, and that I, you would think it would be different than that. You would think with all this, this shame that he had experienced in the past that you'd think he would try to hide from Jesus and to avoid. But I think Peter was learning something. He understood who Jesus really is. And Jesus is full of grace. And because of that, he had this revelation. He jumps in and he's going after Jesus. And so I, I want you to understand this. Thought number two is this. When you're in shame, you better know where to run. Let me say it again. When you're in shame and you find yourself in shame, you better know what your next step is and where to run. When my daughter, Lindsay, my youngest, when she was just real little, I mean, she was like a year, two years old. She was just able to get around, to run around and stuff around the house. We had this little game that we'd play every single night when I would come home and just whenever. And I'd come in the door and she would know I was coming in. And all of a sudden I would just start to, to stomp like really loud. And I would say this thing. I'd say, you better run. You better run. She'd get a big old smile on her face because she knew it was game time. And she would start taking off running those little legs as fast as she could down the hallway. And I would be stomping out after her saying, you better run. And I'd pick her up and we'd laugh and we, I'd tickle her or we would hug or whatever. And we played this game over and over and over again. There was one particular day, though, I walked in and she must have had an off day or something like that because I walked in and there we were. We were getting ready to play the game and I start to stomp. You better run. And I start to run after her. She starts to run away. But something happened. And all of a sudden she started to panic and she started to get afraid. I mean, here this big guy just chasing after her and the loud noise and everything. And she turned around and tears were flowing down her cheeks. And she turned around and immediately she was scared. And, and so instead of running away, though, she did something amazing. She turned to me and she ran into my arms. You would think with this big force coming after her that she would try to get away, but she knew where the safest place was. And that's what God is like. 
See, when we really have the fear of the Lord, the safest place we can be is in the arms of God. And so when you find yourself in shame, you better know where to run. And that's so important. God is like that. So I want to challenge you guys to decide to run to Jesus, no matter what you feel like, no matter what your, your circumstance is, no matter how much shame you may be feeling. And if you make a habit out of running to Jesus, even when you feel that shame, I want you to understand what's going to happen is it's eventually going to become your reaction when you feel shame or sin rather than a response you have to decide. So that even like Lindsay, whenever you find that come over you, your reaction in the fear of the Lord is to run to the safest place you can. And that's into the arms of God. That's we better know where to run. All right, let's continue. Let's see what happens after breakfast. In John chapter 21, verse 15 through 19, it says this. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to them, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. I think it's so cool that he kind of bookends it with follow me. But Jesus wasn't just repeating himself in this, this story that we just read. He wasn't just like saying it over and over again for no purpose. Many people believe what was actually happening here along with other things. But one of the things that was actually happening is for every time Jesus or Peter denied Jesus, Jesus was offering him grace and restoration. So three times he denied and three times he gets grace and restoration. And, and it says at the very end, it says this was to tell by what kind of death. He was going to be. What, what does that mean there? Well, tradition says that Peter became a martyr and that he was to be crucified. But when he was getting ready to be crucified, Peter asked if he could be crucified upside down because he didn't feel that he was worthy to be crucified in the same manner of his Lord. And you may think, well, that sounds like a bad ending, but I don't think Peter would have thought that was a bad ending because it proved something. First of all, it proved that Peter went on to fulfill his calling and he didn't let the shame of his disappointment and his failure tie him to his, the rest of his life. But it also proved that he was willing to not deny Jesus even unto death. And so here for Peter, I believe this was proof that he would not deny. And it comes to the fulfillment of what Jesus did to restore, which leads me to this third thought. And here it is. Grace redefines possibilities. 
Grace empowers you to be the, the person that God sees when he looks at you. Grace, you know, shame may be this powerful limiter, but grace sets you free to take the risks to become the person that God has called you to be. Do you realize that if you're under shame, you don't want to take too many risks because you have to protect and you have to, you have to hold on tight to whatever you have. But when you're living in grace, you are free to take the risk to become who God has called you to be. I love this, this, uh, scripture here in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 through 3 in the message version it says this it says do you see what this means all these pioneers who blazed the way all these veterans cheering us on it means we better get on with it strip down start running and never quit no extra spiritual fat no parasitic sins keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was heading headed that exhilarating finish in and with God he could put up with anything along the way cross shame whatever it didn't, didn't matter. That wasn't going to be a factor. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. What am I saying? I'm saying that God has a mission and an adventure for us. But we won't live the mission and the adventure. We won't take the risks that God has us to take if we're, to, if we're just living in shame. But grace redefines all those possibilities. Living for Jesus can be the biggest adventure you've ever had, or it can be the most dull and the most boring adventure you've ever had because we aren't living in the freedom of God's grace. God wants us to risk more. He wants us to follow after his plan, and that's going to take some risk. He wants us to begin to live the risk of scripture. And whenever we do that, that's when we are fulfilled at the deepest level. At the very deepest part of us is when we are taking those risks of faith. And the only way that's possible is when grace comes and empowers us to live in freedom, to be who, we've called, who God has called us to be. So I just want to encourage you guys. God has so much more for us to live out. He has an adventure that he wants us to live out. And in order to do that, we have to walk and run this race by the, by the grace that God gives us. I was reading a book a long time ago and it's talking about chasing after a lion and, and I'm not going to get into that whole story, but at the, the end of the, the book or somewhere in the book, he lists this, this lion chaser manifesto. And basically it's like this shot of adrenaline in your soul. And I want to read it to you. It says this, it says, quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-ordained passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Keep asking questions. Keep making mistakes. Keep seeking God. Stop pointing out problems and become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past and start creating the future. Stop playing it safe and start taking risks. Expand your horizons. Accumulate experiences. Enjoy the journey. Find every excuse you can to celebrate everything you can. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Burn sinful bridges. Blaze new trails. Criticize by creating. Worry less about what people think and more about what God thinks. 
Don't try to be who you're not. Be yourself. Laugh at yourself. Don't let fear dictate your decisions. Take a flying leap of faith. Chase the lion. I don't know about you guys, but I get inspired by stuff like that. But the only way we can do that is by living in the grace and the freedom that God has when grace empowers us to be who we've called, who God has called us to be. So I want to encourage us today, shake off the shackles of of shame, run to God, even when we don't feel like it, so that we can receive grace for that help in time of need. So if you're bound in shame today, I want you to know where I, I don't have to tell you where to run. I know where you should run, and it's to the arms of God. You need to run straight to the arms of God. So as we close up, I just want to encourage any of you guys who may be not following Jesus up to this point, and I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. I want you to understand your sin is, is no longer a problem when you find yourself in Christ because Jesus did everything that needs to be done to take care of the sin problem in our life. He died on the cross. He paid the price so that we could be washed clean and walk in his grace. He rose from the dead and he offers us a life of an adventure that we have never imagined if we can live it out through the grace of God. And so if you haven't received Jesus, all you have to simply do is surrender your life, turn from your your old life and turn to this new life of saying yes to Jesus, of looking to him as being the Lord of your life and starting the journey today. And I want to help you guys if that's you. And I want to pray for all of us as we close. But especially if you need to start following Jesus on this journey, I want you to understand shame has no hold on you and you can have brand new spiritual DNA right now. So let's pray and just pray this out loud or pray it in your heart. Lord, we thank you so much that you've set us free from sin, from death, from shame, shame, and, and from ultimately from pain. And we just thank you that you are Lord of all. And I just pray for any person here who needs to surrender their life to you right now. I, I pray they understand that when they say yes to you by faith and receive your grace, that they are a brand new creation on the inside. The old is gone and the new has come. And that they can declare that you are Lord. Lord of their lives. Lord, I pray for all of us as well that we would understand that this idea of you washing away our shame and our pain and our sin isn't only just at salvation, but for those of us who have been following you for maybe a long time or even a short time, this still applies for us. We do not have to be shackled with shame because what you have done on the cross for us. And so I pray for those shackles to be broken and loosed in the name of Jesus right now so that we can walk in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for watching today. Next week, we're going to continue our food for thought. We'll see you then.